Welcome to 54 Live, your live golf podcast. I am your host, Digsies, and I am joined once again by my co-host, Jake. Jake, what's going on, buddy? Life is pretty good. We are finally back again with a new live event this week. Yeehaw. Finally, right? Yeah, it's been a long two, three weeks. Um, You know, the Players' Championship this weekend, you know, was good up until, you know, afternoon Saturday when Scheffler ran away with it. But you know what? Hopefully, we get a nice barn burner this weekend in Tucson. You know, you can't blame anybody whenever one player has their week. I mean, yeah. we see it all the time with the top the top 10 guys in the PGA or in the world rankings of all golf. Um, when they get going, it's hard to catch them. And sadly, nobody challenged Scotty. It sucked that the show kind of fell apart because of that. I'm happy for Scotty for the win, but I'm excited for Liv this weekend. Let's bring it on. Yep. And we saw that with week one in Liv. You know, Charles Howell III pretty much ran away with it on the back nine. So it happens, you know, it happens, but you know what? We got a great event coming up this week and um, it should be a doozy. You know, the second live event, we're going to Tucson, um, the gallery club South course. It hosted the back when it was the Accenture uh, match play event in 2007 and 2008 um, big course par 71. I believe it's playing 7,545 yards, just three par fives, uh, one at 588, 590, And looking at the map, it looks like there's only water on one hole, on, on hole number four. So it should help the big bombers this week. You know, there's a lot of opportunities in this course. Uh, it is um, playing at a lot higher elevation. So uh, first off, before we start anything else, uh, Tucson is at 2,400 feet of elevation. So understand this, guys. You're going to see some long drives this week. Um, on the holes where players can hit driver, um, understand this. Uh, yes, there's no water. There's lots of cactus and lots of desert out there. But you're right. You're going to see long drives this week because it, when you when you go up in elevation, you start getting extra distance. Roughly about 6% for every 2,000 feet of elevation is kind of what you hear roughly uh, equated. So yeah, you're going to see some big shots today. Sorry, this weekend. Yeah, and looking forward to it. And, and I think it's going to, you know, help the big bombers and you know i have a big bomber in one of my picks which we'll, we'll get to later but um yeah like i said uh 2007 2008 the world golf championship uh, match play was there so there's a bunch of players on the in the field that played there before phil stenson uh charles howell the third polter sergio westwood casey keimer if he plays and pat perez have you heard anything about martin keimer Yes, Keimer has been confirmed out. His wrist is still is still recovering. If you guys don't remember, he has he had wrist problems before going into the week uh, of Mayakoba. Decided to have a, a procedure to get that taken care of. He is still recovering. Lori Cantor is on the on the roster this week again. Okay, which he is not being flown in last minute, so I expect him to do better this week. So we got the same cliques team as we did in the first event. Yes, yes, uh, barring any you know, unforeseen changes that happen in the next few days. Yes. All right. Sounds good. Now, you, you had some tidbits on Tucson. Let, let's hear it. Well, um, so funny story. This You're exactly right about the Accenture. Let's just talk about the Accenture right there. The, uh, the exact guys that you mentioned all have played there. However, remember, this is a match play event that was there. So totally, match play is a little yeah, different. Totally different. Yeah. Um, only out of those guys um, – a couple of them have played extra rounds there because match play, remember, you know, if you lose, you just go home, right? Mm-hmm. So 
there's one player here that you have to pay attention to on this roster who's going to come in here with a heck of a lot of confidence. And his name is the Iceman. Henrik Stenson. Heinrich Stenson has played 11 matches here. Sorry, 12 12 rounds here professionally. Um, The next closest player on live has played um has played six that's paul casey yeah i was gonna say casey casey Um, came third place in 2007 fourth uh made it to the third round in 2007 made it to the fourth round in 2008 where stenson he won it in 2007 and made the semis in 2008 right yes well he actually finished third in that in that year because he lost to tiger woods in 2008 and then ended up winning the third place match okay so understand this stenson has played 12 professional rounds here and he's won 11 of those rounds. So there's, that's the only person that you got that, that has really any course confidence coming in. Mm-hmm. But you also understand this. Think, think of the majestics also yeah. Poulter's played there and Westwood's played there. So yes. when you're looking at a team aspect, the majestics are, are, are a team to watch this week. Yeah, they are a team to watch this week. They have the, they have the course know-how that I think is a little bit higher than everybody else. Remember this is higher elevation. So we're not going to, you're not going to be penalized as much. Yes, it's a longer course than Mayakoba, about 450 yards. But believe it or not, the, a good portion of that, 171 of that 450 yard difference is just in par threes. So in Mayakoba, if you remember Digsy, they had 113 yarder. They had, they had two 150 yarders. Mm-hmm. Well, this week, all par threes are, um, well, there's two, there's four par threes, right? Um, two of them are over two to 200 and the other two are 171 and 193. So we're not going to see any layup, uh, sand wedge par threes. Yeah. No, I'm looking at the map right now. First par three, 225, 171, 204, 193. So yeah. yeah. And so with that being the case, you're not going to, it's not quite the kind of course that the older players or the players who don't drive the ball as far. Are going to be penalized. So yeah. don't look, don't go there and go, well, Ian Poulter, who can't even outdrive Troy Mullins, is, has no chance. No, 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 no. He has, he's got the distance for this course. Don't worry about that. Definitely, especially with the elevation. And, and you know, like you said, it's match play. It's, it's totally different, but, you know, Poulter's great at match play. He, you know, and, you know, he's definitely coming into the tournament, you know, with confidence knowing that, you know, he's played there and he played well in Mayakoba. Absolutely. And you know, he, he definitely had a, his rounds coming about. And so, you know, when you're talking about this course, um, there, there is opportunity for ball strikers. Absolutely. So, you know, the guys like Uline who are busting out 190 ball speed, they have a chance. Um, but at the same time, these, the shorter guys, they're not going to be penalized because a lot of that distance difference is more par threes than it is every single par four is now a, um, driver, uh, five iron. Yeah. Uh, I'm excited to see, um, Bryson, you know, crush the ball, even though now he, I, I, I don't know if anybody saw, he posted a video, um, this week or maybe last week, uh, last week for sure about what, what's in the bag. And the one thing going off on a little tangent here, the one thing I like about live golf and that these guys don't have sponsors anymore is that these guys can use whatever they want in the bag. So you're looking at Bryson. He doesn't have to use all Cobra clubs anymore. So he has TaylorMade in the bag. He has Ping. Um, you know, you, you look at like someone like Brooks Kepka when he even said it when he was on the PGA Tour. Like he wants to be able to play what he wants to play. 
Um, so I believe Bryson has a, a nice little two iron now, 15 degrees of loft that he said he put into play at Mayakoba and he was hitting nice little missiles in there. So it'll be interesting to see if he sticks with that or if he whips out the big driver. Uh, I think you're going to see it's because he, he is using the uh, TaylorMade Stealth 1, I believe. Uh, maybe maybe may a Stealth 2, but that's one thing that I was definitely taking note of. If you remember uh, the conversation this week at the players, a lot of the players... Uh, not happy player, with that club. They're unhappy with, with the Stealth 2. They're not using the Stealth 2. Yeah. Um, Morikawa um, and Rory. Yeah, Morikawa and Rory both are just like, we don't want to use that club. But they kind of have to because sponsors are like, hey, man, we need to sell this club. Yeah. <laughs> It's it's very bad for TaylorMade because you know it's their big new product that just launched you know to the public a month ago, and it, it's crazy to see like like what could what could have went wrong you know like it really like I I feel like TaylorMade they're always pushing the boundaries a little bit too much and they did it with the irons like back in the day when all these irons started getting so long they tweaked the lofts you know so you were hitting a seven iron but it was really a six iron you know so. It said seven iron on the back of it, but based off the normal lofts that everybody grew up with, it was really a six iron loft. Yeah, and and when you start doing that, ultimately at the end of the day, with irons especially, and even with drivers, because they they do have requirements of what you can't go above this size, this weight, this dispersion. You can't have a smash factor above this within a reasonable strike. So. <sighs> Is that why Rory? Is that why Rory was saying that his old driver won't pass the test? Um, I don't think that's quite it. I think it was just the old driver was just tuned exactly perfect for him. Yeah, I mean, he was playing it, I believe, negative two loft, and um, he just hasn't had this new one t- uh, tuned out correctly yet. Okay, yeah, it's it's crazy to to see how like you know us amateurs we go out there we pick up a you know club off the rack and. You know, these guys, I actually bought a new seven wood last week and, um, Cobra sent me, a, uh, I used to u- use Cobra clubs like six, seven years ago and I haven't used them in forever. And of course they sent me an email, oh, we'll give you 15% off. So I go and I'm like, all right, you know what? I, I need a new, you know, I, I like using woods instead of hybrids. I hit woods much better than I do hybrids. So I was like, you know what? I have an old four hybrid in the bag. Let me go with seven wood. So I go, I'm like, let me get the cheapest one, you know, blah, 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 blah. But of course, they're out of a lot of inventory. That's probably why they're sending out these 15% codes. Um, So long story short, they gave me like 25 shaft options. And I spent an hour Googling all these shafts to see which one would fit, you know, Obviously, I you know I want to be able to go out and test it, but you know the code was only good for three days. So, like just like the fact that these guys like every single shaft and every single club law fly like if something's off by just a tiny bit, probably like these stealth two drivers, they feel it and it can completely screw up their game. Oh, absolutely. Um, you know I'm running into that problem myself right now. Um, I have an average uh, seven iron swing speed of about 95 miles per hour club head and so you know i'm i'm currently playing i'm I'm left-handed and i currently play uh, regular shaft irons and it's becoming a problem for me it's it's and so i understand what you're talking about if you have the wrong shaft or the wrong grip size or anything of that nature it doesn't matter how good the head is you if you can't swing true you can't swing true yep and we're seeing that with a lot of these players with experiment with the experimental new products coming out but that's why they release new products to the pros first so that way they can get the kinks out early Yep. 
All right. Anyway, back to Tucson after our little tangent. Um, of course, now in regards to the production value, you think they're gonna, you know, fix the little things that we had issues with in in week one? Um, I really do hope that they do have the. Um, they're not. I, I don't think they're going to fix the one thing that I wanted most, which is the par, which is the how many par fives are left for the, yeah. for the teams. Uh, I feel like that would help bring the team aspect to the forefront mm-hmm. um, a lot more. Um, I do hope the way the course is laid out, though, it's going to be tricky. If um, if action, the way the course is laid out, it's not like a links course, right? A links course makes coverage pretty easy because all all somebody has to do is walk thirty yards left or right, and they're following a different group. This course is very long; most of the holes are not near each other. So we'll see what happens, but like if Don Boulay is covering a group and they're on uh, on number seven, but all of a sudden a group gets really hot on number sixteen, it's going to be difficult for him to rush over and be able to cut to follow that group, you know? Yeah, and and like you were saying with the par fives, there's an eleven hole stretch where there's no par fives. There's two par fives in the first five holes, and then the other par fives on hole seventeen. So when you think about the shotgun start, you know, if someone's starting off on 17, they're banging out all the par fives in their first seven holes. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you're just, you're just in hold on mode, you know? Yeah, exactly. Now, let's get to the picks. All righty. We're starting you, with players first. We're going, we're going let's, with Let's teams. go with players first. You, you, you start us off. You're the one that brought up Stenson. You tweeted out last week that you think. The Iceman, you said Iceman cometh, which is funny because that was one of our episode titles last year. So maybe we'll, if he wins this week, we'll do the Iceman cometh part two. Um, yeah, you like Stenson a lot. Tell us why. I like Stenson a lot. Um, he's he's very solid on and consistent on ball striking. This is not this is not a bomber's paradise, right? This is not a seventy seven thousand sorry seventy seven hundred yard links course, right? Mm-hmm. Links courses are where you're going to see the guys like. Like Uline and Bryson just run away with it. Matty Wolf run away with it because there's no penalty on a Lynx course for hitting a, a, a wacky shot, right? I mean, there is, but you know what I'm saying. Like, there's, it's not like this course where if you hit it 40 yards to the right or left, all of a sudden you're in a cactus. Yeah. And you're going to, I'm guaranteed, I'm calling it right now, you're going to see somebody in a saguaro cactus this week. <laughs> so the point is, though, Stenson is going to be smart. He's gonna. He has plenty of course confidence, and when you have that course confidence, it shows up. We saw that last year at the U.S. Open, um, the Country Club at Brookline. Only one player in our gener- in the generation had any experience winning or playing well at that course, and that was Matt Fitzpatrick. Yep. Guess who won the U.S. Open? Matt Fitzpatrick. Matt Fitzpatrick. Course confidence comes into play. We saw that last last week at Mayakoba, who had yeah. the best career record on that at that course out of the players that were there. Charles Howell the third. Charles Howell the third. And you called it, and a few of our followers made money. So hey, if you're looking to you know place a few shekels on this tournament, listen to Jake. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't expect him to win, but I don't expect him to lose any of his pairings. So that's what I'm trying to say with with him. Okay. I expect that 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 Stenson will win all three days of his pairings. Which, if you win three days of pairings, you're probably going to do all right in the overall standings. Definitely. Um, other players to watch out for. As Diggsy mentioned, there are a couple, a couple of the older players who do have match play experience on this course also. Charles Howell III, Phil Nicholson, Sergio, Ian Poulter, Paul Casey, Lee Westwood. However, 
there are five players who actually played golf at Arizona State University on this roster. Now, okay. Arizona State is not Tucson. Tucson's at a higher elevation. Tucson's two hours away, but it's similar as far as desert climate, arid winds. And they actually, if you've played in an area long enough, you've eventually played that course. Does mm-hmm. that make sense? Yeah. So and that they're, they're comfortable in desert conditions. Exactly. So this might surprise you, but David Pooge, Phil Mickelson, Paul Casey, Matt Jones, Pat Perez. Okay. Perez those again. Five, yeah. Wow. Those, those five played at ASU. Yeah. Um, those five played at AS, ASU, Arizona State University. So if we're if we're talking about four other guys that I'm picking this week, and Phil's really been playing these courses since the late '80s, so yeah, you know, you know, the match play is not the only time Phil played the Gallery Club. Absolutely. I mean, this guy is—he's been around for a long time in Arizona. Yep, you're right. His first tournament win was in Arizona, right? Mm-hmm. As an amateur. Yep. Um. So if I'm picking four other guys to to go with this week and say, hey, give this guy a bet. Give him a chance. I'm saying Phil Mickelson. I'm saying Pat Perez. I'm saying Paul Casey is a hard yes. That's a hard yes on Paul Casey. All right? I have Casey one. Casey is one of my picks, too. Absolutely. That's a hard yes on Casey. He's got this going on. And this he has, be a good week. And he has momentum from the good showing in Mayakoba. Absolutely. And then the last one is Cam Smith. And uh, you may say, well, why Cam Smith? You didn't mention him in anything else. He's just too good. He's going to turn it on eventually, right? Well, that's part of it. Um, Cam Smith is a terrible driver compared to the rest of the guys, right? He's not a very good driver. But you know what he is? He is the best scrambler in golf. There is nobody out there who can recover from a bad shot like him. Yeah. And when you give that guy an opportunity to play a course like this, you saw it even in Mayakoba. Um, he finished, you know, tied for fifth by the end of it all. And he works his way up the leaderboard. He doesn't go out there and shoot, you know, a psycho low number. But what he does is he doesn't make the big number. Yeah, he hangs around. He hangs around. And that's like how, how Scotty Shuffle played this weekend. You know, when, when you're the biggest number you're writing your scorecards a five, you're going to be on the top of the leaderboard. Exactly. Because, you know, when you're playing a course like Sawgrass where, you know, it's very easy to make a seven or an eight. Mm-hmm. Tight, and, very tight. And you just don't make a seven or an eight. Guess what? You're good. You're ahead of the game. Yep. So my picks: Paul Casey. Um, I, I'm I'm feeling Bryson DeChambeau. He 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 finished Mayakoba off strong. He went three under in the final round. And being that it, you know the elevation and it being, I, I just I don't know. Something's telling me Bryson's going to have a big showing. He hasn't had a, a big showing since he's been on live. Um, I like Bryson as my number two guy. And then number three, just from experience. And, you know, I think he's going to piggyback off of the, you know, Stenson playing good and, and Westwood having experience. I, I'm going to take Ian Poulter as well. So I'm going Paul Casey, Ian Poulter, and Bryson DeChambeau. Those are three really good picks. I mean, I don't expect any of those guys to 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 not, you know, show up, you know? Yeah. And then um, on the team side, obviously... I'm going with the Majestics because of, you know, Stenson's history and, and me picking Poulter. Um, I picked Casey and Bryson, so I have to go with the Crushers. Those are two Crusher guys. And then um, third, um, I'm taking the Fireballs. Um, you know, Sergio played there, like you said. You know, you just gave me that 
you know, information about Puig. So that helps as well. And then I was, my last team, I was deciding between the fireballs and the high flyers, but I, I went with the fireballs, but I can see the high flyers playing well. And, um, like, you know, Brendan Steele played great at, at the, um, at the end of Mayakoba. Like you said, Phil knows the course well. So high flyers are my sleeper pick. Oh, that group of teams. I, I fully expect the Crushers to finish first this week. I, I just see too much advantage. Um, you're going to see longer drives this week at a Howell, and Howell was actually leading the 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 event last week, last event in driving distance out the tee. Um, only because you know Uline, um, DeChambeau, and Wolf weren't able to drive very often, right? Yeah, uh, yeah um, like like I said before, Bryson was using that two iron a lot. Exactly. So I fully expect the Crushers to to win first place. I, I think DeShamba will feel more secure in using driver this week. I don't know if it'll convert, but I do know that Howell and Casey are going to be fighting for leaderboard spots again this week. The course is just designed. It's it's not as unforgiving as far as jungle density or anything of that nature, but it's also set up to play kind of in a lot of ways like Mayakoba um, in terms of. Um, pick your shots good. Don't try to take the risky play. Play smart. Yeah. Um, second team I'm, I'm picking, I'm picking Torque. Uh, Torque is, um, if you notice on Sunday, all three of their their bigger names charged. And then David Pouge is going to be somebody who's going to be oh, char- char- charging up. I messed it up before. I thought, was with, uh, I thought he was with Fireballs with um, Sergio. So my bad on that. Oh, it's okay, dude. I mean, uh, it's it's easy to get some of our Spanish-speaking friends a little bit mixed up here or there because he is a Spaniard. He's, a, he's actually a Spaniard. Yeah, that's why he, I, that's why I thought he was with Sergio. Yeah, um, but no, uh, Pouge I think has a better chance to show up and this be his first event to actually score well in the individual side. Um, so I, I I have a hard time seeing Torque not do good. And then my third pick team wise is going to be Majestics, um, just because again they're going to have course confidence. Um, three of their four players have actually played here. And at the end of the day, you cannot discount course confidence. Yeah, no, definitely not. All right, so there you go. We got Casey Poulter Bryson for Digsies with the Majestics, the Crushers, and the Fireballs. And then for Jake, we got Casey, Phil, Cam Smith, Stenson, and who was the other one? Um, Pat Perez. Pat Perez. And then you're rocking with Crushers. Torque K and Majestic. So we'll tweet that out for all of our followers as well. Um, but yeah, man, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I'm very excited to see, you know, they got the kinks out in week one, week two, and it's just gonna, you know, keep going from here. And I, I believe is week three Adelaide or is that week four? Oh, that's I gotta lift it up. Oh no, Orlando's week three, right? I, I, I off the top of my head I don't know. I'm sorry, I've been I've been honing it yeah. on Tucson, my yep. brother. Orlando's week three. March 31st to April 2nd, and then week four is going to be the Big Bang in Adelaide, April 20th to the 23rd. Oh, and one more thing about about uh, this Tucson event. Um, pay very close attention to the commentary this week uh, by Jerry Fultz. Um, I know Jerry's usually kind of just uh, playing around and uh, getting, you know, pooped on by Sue Ann Hang throughout, throughout <laughs> the broadcast. But um, Jerry Foltz did play golf at the University of Arizona, which is in Tucson. Now, okay. This is not their home course, um, but he went to college in that, in that town. It's so, in the area. Yeah. So he's, you know, if there's one person who I actually expect to have 
slightly higher contribution this week in the broadcast booth. I expect it to be Jerry Foltz. All right. Looking forward to it. Now, before we get to our Q&A section of the podcast, uh, just wanted to touch on this. Since the last time we spoke, the PGA Tour made some um, big news, uh, changes to elevated events, um, 70, 78 golfers, and no cuts. So it sounds very similar to uh, the other golf tour that we're speaking about right now, doesn't it? I mean, it just sounds like, hey... We're going to do whatever we possibly can to make sure that Liv doesn't have the cards in play to take any more big names. Yeah. And I saw a lot of people on Twitter speaking like, oh, this is the next style that's going to go to Liv and this big guy. Honestly, now, there's really no reason to go to Liv if you're a top 20 player on the PGA Tour. I think what you're going to see in the next season um, is you're going to see somebody who's left out of that top 70 um, for whatever reason, be it probably an injury or whatever, some player whom has name values or whatnot that just gets, you know, shafted a little bit, doesn't mm-hmm. get the invites to that next tier events and goes, Hey, you know, I, I understand, but this is an, a better opportunity for me right now. Yeah. So you're right. Um, and it, it also I, opens it up from 70 to, you know, 150, you know, 71 to 150, because it's pretty much like the PGA tour just split that tour in half. You're going to have the, you know, elevated events and the non-elevated events. And, you know, like they, they have a great opportunity to get into the elevated events. That's why they're saying 70 to 78. If you win an event, you, you will be playing those elevated events the rest of the year. Plus it will go by FedEx cup points standings, um, and official world golf rankings. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of guys that are scoring and, you know, James Hahn, I, I, I retweeted something. He's been the biggest advocator for the little guys on the PGA tour and he's upset about it. You know, I would be too. Um, the PGA and all, already has an elitist mentality about the way they sort things out. Um, is this good? This is great, by the way, for players one through 20. Yeah, of obviously. Course. Yeah. For Tony Finau, this is the dream come true. Um, however, this is horrible for, um, 20 of the events on the PGA tour. I mean, the waste management's not, not even a part of the elevated series, by the way. Um, I think they're going to, there's four events that are going to, cause waste management was elevated this year. I think there's four events that they're going to rotate. So okay. there's like eight events that will be, you know, definites every single year, you know, like Bay Hill and, you know, um, obviously the players, the Genesis, all the invitationals. The Memorial. Will, yeah. All the invitationals will be definites. And then, you know, every four, you know, every year they'll switch between, you know, so each, because they need to do that, because if not, the sponsors are going to be like, screw you. I'm taking my money away. I, I only kind want like Honda. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly what Honda did at, at Jack's place. Um, so yeah, I, I think that. You know, they're going to keep switching it up, which is is good for the, you know, smaller events, you know, like someone like the 3M in Minnesota, like one year they'll get it, you know, what have you. But yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy how they did a complete 180 and, you know, like for all last year, you know, no cut events are bad. And this puts the pressure on the official World Golf rankings because all the, most of the excuses that they made about, you know, why live couldn't get world ranking points you know some of those are excuses are going by the wayside now because the pga tour is doing the same thing now i do understand the pga's tour is still playing 72 holes and lives only playing you know 54 holes but still you know what i'm saying i do and you know this is this is tricky in a lot of ways because there are certain players that are like you said james Hahn. 
very much against it. And mm-hmm. um, believe it or not, Scotty Scheffler is actually against it too, from what I've heard. Um, you know, there was actually a quote by him saying, "Like whatever, kick me off the tour if I don't. If, if you if you have to have me agree." Um, I mean, I'm 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 paraphrasing, but that's basically the message that he was giving out. I mean, yeah, he seems like a very is, like um, like regular guy, you know, like yeah, you know, we heard about him still driving his Subaru or whatever with two hundred thousand miles on it, you know, like he's not in it for the money, Sheffler. Oh, he is, but I mean, he's, he's yeah. not he's not he's not flashing it, and he's exactly. he's also. Yeah, the best part about Scheffler to me too, Digsy, is that he is somebody whom is a recent elevation to a celebrity, right? Yeah. He's a, he's a recent fame golfer. So he's not somebody like Ricky Fowler who's, you know, been capitalizing off of his name and his brand that he developed yeah, for, the, know, last for the last five years. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is a guy who is still getting used to, oh, I can buy a steak tonight. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, like, oh, I, I could buy a brand new car finally, you know, or yeah. buy any house I want, you know. But, but yeah, because of this change, though, you're you're probably not going to see any any large names uh, come to live in the future, uh, at least not through normative standpoints. I mean, there's always opportunities, um, yada yada. But just uh, you know, if you were hoping for John Rom next year, <laughs> yeah, know, calm down. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's not going to happen. And and there's a lot of rumors out there on you know like. If you're following Live Golf Twitter accounts, there's some Live Golf accounts that want to call it like you see it, like us. Like, you know, we, we, we're we pro-Live, but we're not anti-PGA Tour. There's a lot of Live Golf accounts out there that are anti-anti-PGA Tour and like pro-pro-Live. And like, they, they make stuff up and they just, you know, bash the PGA Tour. Like, I'm going to call it as I see it. I tweeted out that the Players' Championship Sunday was boring because it was boring. You know, and I, and I got people saying like, "Oh, well, you know, Charles Howell III won by four or five strokes, you know, in the back nine on Mayakoba." And I'm like, you know, I I called it how I saw it for Mayakoba too. Listen to episode two. I said that the live golf executives couldn't be happy with no excitement down the back nine. So I I pretty much said it was boring as well. You know, so that doesn't mean I'm against live or I'm against the PGA Tour. I just call it how, how I see it. And exactly. I'm just, You're pro good golf. Yeah, exactly. And I'm honest. You know, I'm just going to give you my. I'm not going to, you know, blow live just you know to to get exposure per se. You know what I'm saying? I do. Um, you know, that's kind of the same way too. Like, understand this when we and talk. That, about I know it. you're that way too. That's why we clicked, and that's why I have you as my co-host because you know you're not rah rah. You know, this live this that. You know. Yeah, I'm excited about what I'm excited about, but at the same time, I'm also. You know, I'm going to watch golf regardless. I mean, you could tell me that there's a, an event in Thailand next week, and I'm going to watch it probably in some kind of way. And the, the cool thing about it is, is that there, it's good golf is good golf, right? Yeah. Regardless of where it's at, and it's and more so, options for the consumer. It is, it is, and you know, we're going to see a lot of cool things this season, both in both tours, in the DP World Tour also. So don't don't not watch that tour, guys. Make sure you're watching these events and like, the Asian tour, especially. Towards the summer and the and the fall, when these guys are fighting to get to the top, you know, top four spots, so they could make it on to live next year, that's going to be exciting. Yeah, especially because we 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 saw our boy Wade Ormsby uh, get a win last week on the international series Thailand event. Yeah, and that Which, that gets he played live last year a few to- tournaments, right? Yeah, he played last year for the entire season for Punch. Yeah, so you know he wants to come come back and he wants to get back. So. He went to the Asian tour and he's going to earn his way back on tour, hopefully. 
Yeah. I mean, and getting a win in the, in the international series event is a great way to start. Cause there yeah. was some, there was actually, I mean, it's the Thailand open. So there was actually some Thailand has some decent, some decent players. Okay. Don't, don't sleep on Thailand. We saw them. We saw two last year in Sedam Kalkajana and Prachar Mai, but we also saw um, Jazz Jawatanai, who is actually on the uh, DP World Tour, and then also Kiradesh Appy Barnrat. Yeah. So, good players there. Don't sleep on them. Appy Barnrat with his fat clouds, right? Yeah, yeah. He's, he's, uh, he's like Siwoo Kim, but like double the butt. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's move on to our Q&A. Uh, section um, from Jason Elkins at Red Seal Ninja. I love the finals last year at Doral. Do you guys think that sort of event model could be used for all live events? I'd love to see it. Adds a strategic aspect to pitching, picking matches and playing partners. Um, I, pretty much what he's saying is the match play um, event that was uh, for the team championship at Doral. I, I would say no because it's a special event. It's the team championship it's supposed to be the culmination of the year so jason i i don't think that they would do more match play um what do you think jake um i don't think they're going to do more match play i do see a hybrid where we could actually if they wanted to implement this to add some pre pre-game drama um you know they could do a uh, draft lottery for um starting positions on on thursday sorry friday um, if they did that, that'd be kind of cool. Yeah. Like, um, like for, like instead of doing the made for TV, um, rounds, which they're going to do that regardless because that's what they have to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, um, you're not, it's, it's for the best interest to put Bubba Watson next to like a Brooks Kepka or a Bryson DeChambeau, right? Yeah. It's not good for business to put him next to C1 Kim and, um, you know, Piot. <laughs> yeah. So I think that would be pretty cool. If they did that, like drop, like did a, a lottery uh, on uh, on Wednesday or Tuesday for starting hole positions, um, but yeah, you're right. Uh, nothing else could be really be, really be done outside of Doral. Yeah, and the, the only thing oh, that sorry, I, the, I the only thing that I could think of is let's say, you know, let's say Dustin Johnson wins the tournament by five strokes, but the four aces and the crushers are tied in the team competition. You know what? Maybe have them go out there and play a three-hole, you know, match play event. Pick two guys from each side to see who wins the team competition. Like that might be something cool. But actually seeing it on a week-in-week basis, or like every other event other than the team championship, I, I don't see it. Yeah, it'd be, it it would just it would really just alter the way that the match works. I mean, it just the way the tournament works. It just, we wouldn't feel like a tournament. Really yeah. Anymore. We already got the player competition. We already got the team competition. It would just be adding another layer and things would get dicey. Uh, I feel like, um, the second question from the Barracuda at Cuda 37 have live missed a trick by not giving each event its own identity example, a unique name and trophy rather than live Tucson live Mayakoba and the standard trophy. Uh, would this be a stronger foundation to build a legacy tradition and make it easier to remember past winners of each tournaments? Could they even resurrect past tournaments since gone by the wayside, such as the Australian masters or Johnny Walker classic? Um, I doubt they would be able to resurrect old PGA um, affiliated events, um, but I feel like eventually they will do this once they get more sponsors. Um, you know, they could have a, if if a sponsor comes to them and says, "Hey, we want to sponsor Live Golf Orlando," and you call it Live, you know, Live Honda Orlando, they're not going to say no. 
We're already seeing that sort of start up with Singapore. Singapore does have a name sponsor. I forget what it is off the top of my head. Um, but you're right. Um, that would be really cool. Uh, Diggs is correct. They can't, they can't just take old tour, um, namesakes and resurrect them without really having like permission or bought permission. And let's be honest, that's not going to happen. Um, <laughs> but yeah, if Johnny Walker came and said, Hey, we want to pay you, you know, right. $20 million to, to host the, you know, Miami event, you know, we could see the Johnny Walker Miami event. Yeah, we could. Um, and that would be really cool to see that, to see the namesake or to see a namesake come about. Um, so you are going to see sponsorships for events. Um, whether or not we see actual trophies develop, who knows? But you're, you're right. Um, the problem is, is that remember, Liv's still very new. Yep. Um, we didn't, they had a, a lot of work put cut out for them trying to, you know, just to get the schedule laid out. But now that they have a schedule for the season, I think we'll see that start to fully develop possibly next season. Yeah. Once they, they go, Hey, you hosted an event this year. You did good. We're coming back next year, right? It'll happen organically the longer the the longer the tour goes on. And I think it'll happen quickest at Adelaide. Yeah, definitely. And and the international events because they'll have some sponsor that's in the area that wants their name everywhere. So I think you're right. It'll happen more for the international events than it would the U.S. events. Yeah. Now the last one, uh, Pimp Daddy D at Brady the Real Deal. At some point in the future, will Live have any events that will be opens? The potential of worldwide qualifying seems a no-brainer. Um, because of Live's format, no. But that being said, if you want to make it on to Live, you could make it on for the full season by playing on the Asian Tour and the International Order of Merit, like we spoke about before. And the uh, international series events are open events, so the, there are it's fourteen events on the it, within the Asian tour. So it's a tour with a, it's a tour within the tour. Hey, wait, that mm-hmm. sounds a little familiar. Yeah, PGA, does. did you copy that also? Yeah, no, I'm just I'm just kidding around. Every, but uh, everybody's having the tour within the tour now. Yeah, but but the um, Asian tour was first. They did that last year. Exactly. Um, but yeah, the, the international series events. Uh, there's 14 of them. They are all open qualifying events. Um, so, uh, that would be the way to have like an open way into live because that is an open way into live. It's just yeah. a very, very long shot. There's just no chance of being able to do it on a week in week basis just because the team format, you know, if it was, you know, just the player format and somebody dropped out and they said, you know, they couldn't find a replacement, they, they could whip something up. But because of the team format, it's just, it's just not going to happen right now. I mean, what you're saying is true, Diggsy. That'd be pretty cool if, like, let's say, let's say tomorrow, um, Phil Mickelson has a career, has a season ending injury. Like, let's say tomorrow, like, Phil Mickelson, uh, breaks his femur or whatever. I don't know why he would break his femur, but whatever. Um, that'd be kind of cool if they go, hey, let's do an open qualifier for Phil's spot. I mean, I don't see that happening, but that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. It would be cool. Like they said, the next Asian tour event, the winner of that event is going to take over Phil's spot. That would be that would be awesome. How much blood would you see in the water at that point? Oh, oh my gosh. That, that would be a must-watch event, you know, because yeah. that is millions and millions of dollars on the line at that point. Yeah, you're gonna see like you're gonna see some Terrell Hatton freakouts. <laughs> People breaking clubs for sure. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, other than that, um, 
you know, I, is there anything else you want to speak about Tucson? You know, guys, just keep your heads on a swivel this week. Um, Don Boulay, please don't walk into any more cactuses. <laughs> I'm putting the over under at two for how many he walks into this week. We got to do 2.5. 2.5. Oh, snap. You got, you got to always put the hook on there because if it's oh. two, there could be a push, you know? Mm, okay. So, 2.5, I'll say under. Gotcha. Okay, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the over on that then, all right? Okay. And then also, all you Live fans, make sure that you have your drink of choice ready for the event on Saturday and Sunday. Friday, you know, it's still a weekday. Especially, actually, you know what? Screw it. Friday, it's St. Patrick's Day, right? So Let's do it. Get, get, get your drinks ready and get ready to do your pylon punishes. Every time you pick a player, let's say Bryson DeChambeau, anytime you see him move up or down or is even highlighted on that pylon, you, you take a sip of your drink or you take a shot. The pylon punishes game created by our buddy Jake. Yeehaw. <laughs> but yeah, that, that does it for episode three of 54 Live Podcast. We will be back with you next week to do a nice recap of Live Golf Tucson. And uh, yeah, I think that's it, Jake, right? I, I had a great time just being with you guys. As always, thank you guys for listening. Please uh, let us know what we can do or any kind of conversation points that you'd want to hear more about. Because ultimately, it's about making sure that you guys are informed, entertained. And also just excited. Exactly. Right? Yep. And we're very interactive uh, Interactive on our Twitter. You know, make a comment. We'll reply. And uh, yeah, we just want to create a fun space for, you know, live fans like us to, you know, have a community to talk about golf and have some fun. Absolutely. So just make sure you subscribe, rate, review, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Follow us on Twitter at 54LivePod. Follow Jake on Twitter as well. You'll see him tagged on our, our Twitters as well. What's your, what's your? I don't even know at this point in time. <laughs> we'll get it in the post, guys. It's yeah, okay. go to 54LivePodcast. You'll find Jake somewhere on there. And uh, yeah, that's, that's it. The event starts uh, Friday. And uh, enjoy the event. And we will catch up with you next week. Later. Later.